Welcome, everyone, to the Legends of Arcterra podcast, where we take our adventure of these three heroes on a quest for fame and glory. Our first special guest plays the pink hero named... What? Purple. Purple hero. (laughs) Oh. Thank you. Catelyn, one day you will be remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is Patlin, the purple bard. Uh, I'm voiced by Parker. And joining the purple bard is the magnificent Ocho, voiced by me, Rebecca. And joining Ocho, the fish lady Aquaria. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the fish lady. (laughs) The fish lady, yeah, the fish chick. Is played by me. Aquarius is played by me, Timothy. All right, welcome to episode three. Wow, you're just gonna do me dirty like that? I didn't <laughs> <laughs> and I guess lastly, time. it's me, Austin, your DM, but no one cares about me because <laughs> you guys just kill all of my characters that I try to develop for all of you guys. Hey, that was hey, I didn't kill Austin. <laughs> oh, did I? Did I, te- did I technically kill them? <laughs> Well, just skip the boss fight, dude, so yeah. So we're going to go back in. Uh, You guys just uh, swung across the ravine. You hit the wall. Okay. What just happened? Well... I was standing there, I picked up the orb, and next thing I know, I'm in the freaking... We're not sure. You, like, blacked out, and then there's a bunch of shaking, and this really cool historical temple was totally destroyed by your carelessness. So, yeah. How's it feel to destroy history, you big potato? I feel like this is a little more important, and I hold up the the blue stone. (laughs) This is a gift from... this, This is an offering to gods. When I, when I when I grabbed it, I got a vision. It was as if I was I was one of the gods receiving it. That doesn't sound good. All hail Patwood! My oh, arms you, guys are, you guys are still swinging on the rope. You are still swinging. Okay, I put one <laughs> arm out for praise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we probably should try and climb back up. Yes, I agree with that idea. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we can you climb do that. up. Yeah, you climb up. So you're standing over the ravine uh, next to the woods and the tree. And you guys look, and the tree was just about to come out of, like, the roots and everything. Hmm. Like it was being pulled out. And you look over the ravine, and the temple is, like I said last time, completely destroyed. There's, like, shanks of rock that are coming out of the water. But, like, you know that when people see that, they'll just think it's a bunch of rocks rather than the actual temple ceiling and everything. (sighs) It's a shame. Such a waste. It is a waste. Well, I'll detail it in my notebook. Well. Is this what we're supposed to take back to Mr. Uh, Picklebutt? Picklesworth, but yes. I assume so. It looks shiny and important, so. Well, an offering to the gods seems pretty important to me, so. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't kill anyone. um, Let's hope. Aqualady? Yep. What does Piggy, uh, Piggy, Piggy Man want with this god rock? To put in a museum so people pay pay overpriced tickets to look at it. Ah, 
Okay, okay. And um, do you think that uh, maybe um, that when we put this in the museum, it will too crumble and fall apart? Mm, probably not. Although, <laughs> well, there was that one vase that I brought back that did kill a few people. Okay. Eh, it should be fine. It's not, so, I think the temple fell apart because the stone was literally holding it together. The moment we took it out of the room, all the the, the glowing blue lights from the the pictures and the, the carvings, they just faded away and disappeared. Yeah, so I, think the, I, I think the stone was literally holding the entire temple together. Yeah, it's not, no, it's it's very common practice to have the giant super secret artifact to booby trap the entire temple to keep people from stealing it. So you're sure this artifact will not uh, blow up Piggy Butt's museum? Fairly positive. Um, eh, it's insured. I mean, unless one of the gods comes down to retrieve it, I'm fairly certain it's going to be fine. Oh. Wouldn't be the craziest thing that happened. You had something similar that, like that happened to you, Aquarius? I mean, I stole a sword from a dragon, and then the dragon followed me back. But that's water under the bridge now. All right. Well, I say we should head back. Yes. Go. We're not going to Wish. We're going to... Crap, We're going Desertburg to the Desertberg. museum. He said, yeah, Desertburg. Okay. Do not forget about that. Yes, Desertburg. Sorry. Forgive me if my memory is a little bad. I just had a freaking mind vision from the gods. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, what's your order? I'll I lead. Guess. We'll have Ocho in the middle, and then we'll have PK bringing up the rear. Okay. Who's PK? Well, crap. Talon. Pat. Patlin. There we go. <laughs> oh, gosh. A name. <laughs> I swear, uh, one of these days, you will remember my name. <laughs> one of these days. So, Aquarius, you go through the jungle. How are you getting out of the brush? Because we already, like, how are you moving through the jungle, I guess, would you per se? Uh, I assume we're hacking and slashing. You just hack you and slashing? Do you have a hacking and slashing mm -hmm. weapon? I'm pretty sure I have two scimitars, if I remember correctly. I've got a stick. Ocho, even though he's not in the front, is still, like, poking at things from side to side. Okay. I'm well, gonna keep an uh, eye out on anything following us. Okay. Uh, well, you're walking through the lost jungle, and so you just push, uh, like, you cut down branches, you cut down vines and everything. Patlin, you look behind you, and nothing seems to be following you, except maybe... A couple curious howler monkeys from here and there. Um, Not again. Ocho, you don't, um, Ocho, you don't hit anything in particular. But you finally reach closer to the outskirts of the lost jungle. And so you move to around the bush. Uh, Ocho, you kind of push it all the way with your stick, forgetting that Patlin's right behind you. So, Patlin, can you make a dexterity saving throw? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here it starts. Ocho's gonna kill us all. It is... A... 16. Fine. I guess you can... Move quickly out of the way to not get hit with the branch. <laughs> I guess. The three of you... 
finally get out of the jungle and go into kind of an open plains kind of opening. And then eventually you keep walking towards the distance of Desertburg with, I assume, like, just like a compass or a routine map of some kind. On your travels, you go across the plains. You maybe stop for a picnic. What do you guys, you like, you guys maybe, uh, what do you guys like that? What kind of sandwiches do you guys think you guys would have? Uh, fish. Fish sandwiches. Of course you have fish. Freaking what the heck? Fish you want a fish huh? sandwich? You want a tuna sandwich? Sandwiches. All right, tuna. Oh, sandwich. Oh, 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 I was oh, thinking just like let fish. Me, let, me, let me ask you something. How long have you had this fish sandwich with you? <laughs> We've been traveling for like five days now. You do remember when I jumped into the river, right? And like swam through it. You picked up I a think fish. I was just, yes. That was like two and a half days ago. Okay, fish can go a long time, dude. It's not, like it's, to... un... it's not like it's not yeah. cooked. The... What the heck? It's cooked. It's cooked fish. All right. At some point, Aquarius <laughs> cooked this fish, and she's having the cooked fish sandwich that okay. might smell a little funky. Yeah. Oh, Does that make but you. Uh... <laughs> no. Are you sure? You're a fish lady. Have I you seen that's... a what? A water genie? There's like giant frogs. Wait. Oh, I have no idea what you look like then. You're a giant frog? No. I thought you were beautiful. A... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, a water genie. Ganassi. Ga no, a water genie is a giant frog. My person's a Ganassi, which is the offspring of a water of a genie. So which half of you is the frog? I'm not sure if she wants us to answer the that question. <laughs> her father was a water genie, so her father was a giant water frog. Your father was that didn't a answer the question. Okay, so you know Jurassic Park, right? Where the uh, dinosaurs find a way? That's all okay, I need let's, to say. Let's, let's, let's get back on track. Oh my gosh. Girls, I just want to make a joke about little sandwiches in my adventure. <laughs> you guys fucking... <laughs> Alright. Let's get back on track. Okay. Derailed immediately. So, so after you guys finished your little sandwiches, your fish sandwiches, I guess. I that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you cross through the beautiful flower uh, field of flowers. All the flowers burst with rays of yellow, red, and blue, and violet. In this field, it's becoming close to nighttime. So you come across a little man... Or at least so it's little, I guess, a figure of a man. Um, you also see, basically, the equivalent to basically, uh, essentially a U-Haul truck beside this man, and he is sitting by fire. Um, is it like, ready by weapon? Is it like I'm that? gonna go up and say hi. <laughs> is that okay. what you're doing? Going up and saying hi? Yes. Uh, Ocho's coming with. I'm gonna come with reluctantly. With my weapon ready. Alright. As you walk closer, you notice that the cart, the U-Haul cart, uh, has uh, has the symbol of the town of Deserberg. is basically an equilateral triangle surrounded by a circle of stars. There was, there was an Pretty. equilateral triangle I had an X in it. I had an X in it, though. That's right. Equilateral... E e equilateral? Yeah, that word. Triangles. Matchy-matchy. 
Ocho tugs on Patlin's cape. Okay. Ocho tugs on Pat. My gosh, I cannot talk. Ocho tugs on Patlin's cape and is kind of like, hey, hey, do you think we could hitch a ride with them back to Desertburg? Maybe. Let's just, let's see uh, who he is first and what he's doing out here. All right. As you walk closer, the man sitting by the fire is actually um, a halfling, a halfling male. He's wearing a man bun, a man bun. He has blonde hair, as you can see, because he's kind of sitting. Uh, you guys are kind of behind him, so he hasn't seen you guys yet. Hey, he's a halfling like me. Hello there. Do you scream that? Do you scream that? I mean, I say it. I would say I say it normally, but it, his voice kind of carries. Alright, uh, he, he jumps up, he jumps up, and he turns around, and he's all stripped, and he goes, ah, ah, what, ah, oh, don't hurt me, please, please, I'm with the museum, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Oh, the museum, you say? Yes, no, wait, yes, I'm with the museum. Are you with the museum, or are you not with the museum? Jesus, so, so offensive. Come on. Depends. I just don't want no trouble, okay? I know, We're not I here know for bandits trouble, come around here. I don't I just don't want any well, trouble. We're with Pigglesworth. Look look, so I, look at him. I point, I point to I point to Ocho. I put to point to Ocho. You think he's a bandit? <laughs> Ocho waves. Oh, oh okay. Well, um well I guess you guys are okay. Um yes, I work for the museum. Actually more of the uh how would um what we were renaming it? Uh, I work for the grip shop. The what shop? The grit shop. The grit shop. shop. Yeah, I work for the grit shop uh, of the museum. What's a grit yeah. shop? Is well, that like where the cafeteria see, used to be? No, no, that's not the cafeteria. Is uh still there? No, uh, we're uh across kind of the way of the of the um museum but we uh kind of get contracted by the museum to find some items that we can sell that maybe are related to the museum you know and people can buy it and then they can uh you know have these magical items and he puts them in air quotes and uh so the museum can make even more money it's kind of like a, a scam but you know so it, the it, gift it pays shop. the bills no 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 it's the grit shop come on what are you it's been a while since I've been back there. Give me a minute, dudes. Um, I want to perform an insight check on this guy just to make sure that it's okay. Capiche? Oh, uh, I guess I... Uh, yeah. All right, I'm going to roll insight. Eleven. Uh, he's telling the truth, as far as you can know. Well, it so happens to that you're in luck. We are actually on our way to the museum. <gasps> really? Oh, that's, uh... That's pretty great, and you guys look pretty good. Um, well, I Thank guess since we're both going to the same place, can, do you, can I give you, like, maybe a ride, you know? In exchange, you, like, protect me from those bandits, you yeah, know, that I said were out here? That'd be awesome. Sure. My feet are getting tired anyway. Here, come sit by the uh, the fire I made. My name's okay. Cleveland. What's your guys' name? I'm Patlin. This uh, fish lady here is Aquarius, and we you got our little friend Ocho here. Hi. Oh, it's nice to meet you. I have some fish sandwiches if you guys want any. 
I do like fish sandwiches. Ocho does Big that fan. thing where, like, you go, you, he kind of gag a little and his cheeks, cheeks puff out. He's like, <laughs> What do you Ocho. have against fish sandwiches, Ocho? Well, those ones smell a little bad, Aquarius. <laughs> they weren't bad. I've had worse. Like what? Well, there was that one time I was stuck in the desert and I forgot I had a sandwich. And then I opened my bag because I was running out of food, and there was like a, a week old fish in there. I mean, it still tasted fine, but I didn't feel good afterwards. I wonder why. Uh, we don't have those type of fish sandwiches. And uh, he ends you eat a sandwich, and we all sit down, sit down by the fire, and uh, he goes, uh, Well, um, uh, I like the rest of the night. I don't like driving at nighttime, so we'll just wait till. Tomorrow morning, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll take first watch. Alright, so, uh, finally it's morning, and he's like, Alright, it's time and ready to go. Come on, let's get up. Come on, come on, let's get up. I'm and, awake. Uh, he yep. starts climbing into the top of the car, but I wonder how you guys will sit in the cart that kind of looks like a U-Haul. There's horses in the front, but then there's just like a big box with a wooden door in the back of it. So, uh, I'll I'll just I'll sit uh up front with him. Keep an eye out. Okay. I'll sit with uh, Mister. I'm gonna whack you in the face, Ocho, in the back. In the back, so you just sit on like the little lip that are on the truck, so you can get up there. Yep. All right. Um, you guys keep traveling over the plains and this flowery um the hills that kind of surround Desertburg. Eventually, once you get to the top of these hills, you see in the distance, down these hills into the plain area, you see the city of Desertburg. The city, as you see it from here, is a big circle with streets pursuing from the middle. As you approach the gate, the doors open. The guards on the top of the wall wave the Cleven as you come in. Cleven takes the cart up the middle street of Desertburg. As you look around at this town, it is lively. You see various inns, blacksmith shops, artisan workshops, and plenty, and I mean plenty, of bars. You reach the center of the town where all the streets intersect. You see the Desertburg Well the museum on one side of this courtyard, and Cleveland pulls aside in the middle of this courtyard across from the museum, a tiny shop called the Grit Shop. Another halfling walks out of this shop. He has black hair, blue eyes, and his hair is long and shaggy. Cleveland waves to him with a happy grin. The other man with the black hair walks out and he's like, well, Cleveland, what are you doing? You're late. Bacon's going to be so worried about this. He's going to have our butts. You hear us? He's going to have our butts. And then Cleveland goes, Well, I'm sorry, Devin. I was just late because I had to stay the night. You know I don't like bandits. Who are these people? We can't have people know about the shipments. They have to be a secret for the museum. We can't have anyone steal them. What if they steal them? We work for bacon. <laughs> Calm down, little man. You're on a mission from Picklesworth. So everything's yeah. okay. 
Cleveland, did you even ask them for proof if they actually worked for bacon, as they so claim? Well, I'm going to roll intimidation check. Intimidate him? All right. I'm going to intimidate him, because Taylor does, I mean, Aquarius does not like being questioned. I mean, it's not like you have document, but whatever. I mean, exactly. I don't have a document. (laughs) I don't have a document, but at this point, Aquarius has worked for Bacon Forever, so... I will pull up my letter of uh, my invitation letter. (laughs) That that has Bacon's seal on it. 18. Does an 18 work? Yeah, what do you say? Look here, you little twerp. I've been working for Pigglesworth forever, and I'm not going to have some half-baked underling question me. Now, where is he? Uh... Given looks a little scared of you, and he goes, ah, well, he's in the museum, you know? He, he, you know, that's where he works. He's in the museum right there, and he points to the other side of the street. Thank you. And then I look You're at the driver. You're there, huh, Furious? Well, we change these guys like water, so occasionally you get one that doesn't know me, and then it's just highly annoying. But don't worry, driver. You did a good job. I'll let Picklesworth now. And, uh, as you guys walk to the museum, cleave in the blonde-haired halfling waves to you and says goodbye nice to meet you nice to meet you too up, I back. and they open up the back door to uh the cart and they start unloading uh different boxes of items and everything but um as you walk up close to the museum it's a is a building made of more stone rather than wood it appears to be made of smooth as glass. So this, the stone on the building has been made really fine and smooth. There's a staircase leading up to the museum with double doors. Um, the inside of the museum entrance hall has information about the different exhibits they have on display. There is also a banner saying, Opening soon, the ancient era. In the middle of this lobby is a desk. There is a human woman sitting at the desk with the name tag named Karen. <laughs> I'm going to walk up to Karen. I'm going to flash my megawatt smile. I'm going to say, how are you doing, gorgeous? Oh, dear Lord. What the heck? Well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Well, that's great. Now, what are you here for? We're here to see bacon. Well, Mr. Picklesworth. I'm sorry. Bacon's not in right now. Can you uh, leave a message for him? Uh, yes. Uh, let him know that Oh, his... wait. Wait, I'm sorry. Um, I, I see that his assistant is here, so I guess I will uh, call him out. All right. Assistant. Um, <sighs> and she kind of uh, hits a button. Uh, I guess hits a button and then uh, write something down on a paper. And this thing, I would say this little uh, magnetic robot comes whistling next to her. She places the note on the robot, and the robot swistles back to one of the outside doors. And she goes, well, he'll be here in, well, soon, I guess. Or a while. I don't know. He'll be here when he gets here. Thanks, Karen. So you guys wait, and you notice that a little boy, at least what it looks like a little boy, is walking up to you, and he goes, Hello, uh, I heard that the adventurers that Mr. Bacon sent out are here in the lobby. Hello? Yes. Uh, Over here. Over here. Oh, 
And so you look at the little boy, you realize that's not a boy, that's a gnome. And he goes, hello, I am Baker. I am, I am, I am Bacon Pigglesworth's assistant. And, well, uh, have you completed your um, mission? We have. Yes. Uh, so. Oh, all right. Um, uh, follow, follow me. And Baker starts to leave you towards a door in the lobby that says staff only. And he walks straight through it and he says, come on, come, come on. And through the door, he leads you to uh, a room with a box. And he tells you, place, place the orb inside this box, please. I take out the orb. And I go place it in. All right. Uh, Baker seals the box. And then he goes, all right, um, now follow me for the uh, uh, external evaluation. Then he takes each of you to a separate chamber. And he puts you each into your own little rooms. Inside of each, each of your chambers is a buff orc standing in the corner. There's a table with two chairs. Baker tells each of you to wait here until Joe arrives to hand you your gold. And you'll be on your way. So all of you are in your own each individual room. So I need uh I'm going to mute you guys uh who wants to go first? I'll go uh, first. Okay, of course. Um I need Rebecca and Parker to mute me. Because you guys are all in your individual rooms and I will mute them. Uh you ready? Yep. Alright. Um so Joe walks in uh, to your room, and she goes, oh, well, hello, Aquarius. We meet before. It's just the routine procedure. And she tells you to sit down at the table, and she sits down right beside you. And okay. she basically asks you questions about your mission. And that's kind of how this would work, okay? Okay. So the adventure overall was decently easy, not as bad as some of the other adventures. It was a big success. I mean, we had a few hiccups. We ran into some weird orcs. They had a weird symbol. I'm not sure if they're a new rival gang or not, but should keep an eye out for it. And I kind of draw her the symbol and pass it over to her. She looks at the symbol and she says inquisitively, and she goes, uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Is there anything else you would like to... Nothing interesting. It was a standard operation. I mean, the temple was old. And there was weird blue lights. And the mural was also a bit strange. Hadn't seen one like it before. Other than that, it was easy. As for my partners, um, they're good. The little one, Ocho, I give him a satisfactory rating. And Patlin was pretty good, too. So overall, not the worst team, but it's, it was a pretty good team. All right, that's nice to know. Um, here's your gold. She hands you 300 gold pieces in a little bag. And she's like, and you are free to go. Thank you. So she walks See up. you again next time. She walks up and leaves. All right. Rucker, do you want to go next? Yeah. To me, mute yourself. Got or, it. Give me a quick second. Slash. Uh, Joe walks into Ocho's chamber, and she kind of looks stunned a little bit. Like, what? what are you? Are you... And he looks down, are you, and she looks down at like a little notebook. Are you Master, are you Master Keishin? 
Uh, not quite. I'm actually uh, in his place for this mission. Oh. I was not aware of that. And she starts dropping down some stuff on her notepad. And she goes, well, this is just a routine procedure that we have with the museum where we talk about uh, some important uh, information that happened on the mission, anything that the museum needs to worry about with its workers and uh, adventurers. And she gestures uh, Ocho to sit down at the desk. And she uh, sits on the cross from Ocho, and she goes, well, Ocho, so what did you find um, particularly peculiar about this adventure or fascinating or whatever really strikes your fancy? What was your... uh, Well, well, I gotta say, the whole thing was pretty great. It was pretty fun. Um, The... The fish lady and the um, purple guy. I really enjoyed them. They're they're great friends. Um, but uh, the I there was a lot that happened. Um, we went through a lot. We bonded a lot. It was a really great time. Um, uh, oh, but uh, but I gotta say, um, if you can, I don't know if it's it's part of your job, but if you could like set up um, maybe like a, a howler monkey protection program. Um, to help the population in the jungle, I think that would be very, very helpful in the future. She doesn't really understand what that exactly means. She goes, uh, howler monkey protection? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a long story. Um, I'll save you the details. I, I might cry. Uh, okay. And she starts jotting some stuff down in the notebook. She goes, well, thank you for the help to your museum. We hope to have you on other missions in the future. Wait, and she wait. hands you... Wait, I never what? told you about Top Hat or Gary. Uh, oh, what What about this Top Hat or Gary? Well, um, Patlin over there, he's a real charmer. And uh, I thought that we were going to have to fight these guys. And they were kind of scary. I'm going to be honest. They're really old. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying old people are scary or anything. I'm just saying they, to me, they were kind of scary, um, cause they've been there a long time. But, um, so yeah, we actually, actually, um, kind of, we, we became good friends with them and, um, and then, um, Patlin got to touch the, the blue ball and mm-hmm. then, um, something crazy happened and the, the, the earth started shaking and then, um, um, and then we had to leave. But we left behind Top Hat and Gary, so I don't I don't know if they made it. If you can, do you think you could send out like a search party and see if they're okay? And she as you're saying all this, she starts jotting down a bunch of notes and she says, Yes, yes, of course. Obviously we will look for your friends. Uh what'd you say their names again? Uh Top Hat. Alright, and she goes, Top Hat while writing it down. And Gary And what a- Gary. Alright. And Gary. Alright. Well, little one, you did some great things. So, um, here you go. And she hands you a big bag of 300 gold pieces inside of it. Ocho kind of just like he gets his eyes go really wide and he just reaches both hands out and takes the bag in his hands. And the weight <laughs> of it kind of slumps him down. Alright. And uh, she stands up and is like, thank you, Ocho. You are free to go. And she walks out of the room. And it is now Parker's turn. 
a she-elf woman walks into your um, room and she goes, hello, my name is Joe. Uh, just this is basically the standard of what we do here at the museum where we kind of, uh, I guess you could say, investigate different anomalies that happened on the mission, how, what really stuck out to you. And she gestures you to sit down at the table. Which I do. All right. And she sits down across from you. And she goes, what did you find most intriguing on your mission? Three things. First, on our way to the temple, we were caught in some sort of magic anomaly, I want to call it. So we saw some form of fog roll in, completely blind us. All we could see were glowing eyes of each, uh, each other's glowing red eyes. All I could hear were growls. Luckily, we were able to get rid of it by pouring water in our faces, but uh, didn't have it without a few friendly fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she starts writing that down. And what else did you find, truly? You said two more things? Yes. The next. When we were going into the room containing the orb inside of the temple, there were guardians. Well, kind of guardians. Was this, uh, uh, and she looks at her notes, she said, Mr. Top Hat and Gary? Yes. Interesting. Go on. They, their personalities struck me as odd. For, for ghouls inside of a tomb, they were relatively well-mannered and just had the, the air of upper class. One of them was wearing a top hat, for goodness sakes. And instead of attacking outright, they decided to hold a conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And in that conversation, we learned some useful, in, some useful information about the orb. Hmm. What kind of uh, information would that be? With the orb, we were told that it wasn't originally with the temple. It used to be in a place known as Neanderthal about 200 years ago. And it was brought to the temple quite re- about 140 years ago. And she writes down the word Neanderthal. And uh, she goes, very interesting, very interesting. Yes. Well, the the other part about the orb that we that he told us was that it was an offering to the gods, to which god we did not we could not figure out, but just that it was an offering to them. And she writes that down as well. And lastly, when I managed to actually grab the orb, when I grabbed it, it was like my mind was taken away to another plane. I saw a vision of me sitting atop a giant throne in the in a. It is essentially a newer version of the room we were currently in. And I was being presented the orb. After that, it just popped me back into my body. Very, very interesting. Well, thank you for your help on this mission. It was very valuable. And she takes and she gives you a bag with 300 gold pieces. And she says, thank you. We will um, be in touch with uh, you and your associates. All right. So I just got 300 gold points. Since all you guys are back, you guys all, I assume you guys all meet up in the same, the same lobby. So you um, see Baker leads you um, out back to the lobby and he says, well, uh, thank you for, thank, thank, thank you, thank, thank you for your, for your help. 
Um, if you like, you can head over to the grit shop and uh, buy a nice souvenir from for your trouble. And he walks away. You guys level up uh, to, let's say just level three. Oh, so, level three. Well, strict Ooh. level three. Let's go. Woohoo, level up. Patlin's health is now at 27, and I got six spells. Cool. Well, I'm, I got 20 health, and I have four spells. I went but, from 11 HP <laughs> to 29 HP. Holy smokes. You got key, right? Was, like but I got key. What was like the, the spells you got? Not like the spells, but like, did you guys get anything else besides spells? Uh, got a couple. I got, oh, I, I got to uh, become a. College of Valor Bard. What does that What does that mean? Does uh, that mean? Bard of the College of Valor are daring, daring scouts whose tales keep alive the memory of the great heroes of the past, and they inspire mm. new generations of heroes. Oh, interesting. Uh, they're, also, they're also the more combat focused of the the Bard classes. Okay. Uh, Ocho, did you get anything interesting? Ocho has gained um, elemental attunement. It's part of his elemental forces discipline. And as an action, he can briefly control elemental forces nearby. Ooh. So, a couple other things. Spells, you know, monk stuff. I get these things called sor- sorcerer points, and I can, bur- yeah. I can convert those into uh, spell slots. Okay. Do you have any. Did you, like, choose a path? Because that what happens at level three? Uh, the meta magic. Meta magic. Um, he can alter his spells to do different stuff. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Nice. 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 So, um, do you guys go take Baker's offer on going yes. to the great wanna, shop? You know what? We sure. didn't get to tell her about Cleven. Joe. Joe. Oh. I mean, you I might have not told Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that everyone didn't. But who knows? Who said people about what? So, um, you guys walk across the courtyard to uh, um, the grit shop, and you walk in. Cleveland sees you, and he goes, "Oh, oh, hello, hello, hello! Welcome, welcome back, welcome back." Um. Well, here's my shop. We got a bunch of this. We got these action figures. We got this ball attached with a string to this paddle. And it says on these, all these things, it says the museum. But, you know, since we were, we're, back, we're friends, right? We're friends. You know, mm-hmm. we're friends. And he goes, come mm-hmm. on, follow me, follow me. And he takes you to this back room into like kind of a little side compartment. And he goes, here's where we have the good stuff. And he leads you to a secret compartment where it has, as of right now, 17 different items, just so everyone knows later on. People listening might be able to certain items, but right now we are using items from, uh, what is that magic item deck called? It is called Rebecca? Magic Item Cards. Yeah, ooh! Officially <laughs> licensed cards. Yeah. Woohoo. So if everyone wants to put up that Google document of what the items are and 
I'll just read off a couple that I thought were pretty cool to the listeners while you guys review on which ones. Um, uh, there is like a trident of fish commands. There's a stone of good luck, rod of absorption. There's pipes of haunting, ring of water walking. Uh, there's dust of sneezing and choking. There's a mirror of life trapping. There is darns or derns instant fortress and a belt of dwarven kind but there's uh some others but we'll see what um they want to get from the the shop and they have associated prices each and every item so uh who wants to go first on what items they would like to get what's the cloak of manta ray um rebecca got a lot of cards in my hand right now all right, Cloak of the Manta Ray. While wearing this cloak with its hood up, you can breathe underwater, and you have swimming speed of 60 feet. Pulling the hood up or down requires an action. Well, and, and the Cloak of Manta Ray is... 300 gold pieces. Well, I can already breathe underwater. I can already swim 60 feet. <laughs> So, uh, that's, that's going to be a pass. Yeah. I'm looking at maybe the chime of opening. It's like a metal rod with a smaller metal rod attached to it by a tiny um, chain. Um, do you want to know what it does? Yeah, just tell them what it does. Alright, this hollow metal tube measures about one foot long and weighs one pound. You can strike it as an action, pointing it at an object within 120 feet of you that can be opened, such as a door, lid, or lock. The chime issues a clear tone, and one lock or latch on the object opens, unless the sound can't reach the object. If no locks or latches remain, the object itself opens. It can be used ten times. Okay. And that is 100 gold pieces, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Like, it's currently between that and maybe the Belt of Dwarvenkind. What does the Belt of Dwarvenkind do? The Belt of Dwarvenkind... While wearing this belt, you gain the following benefits. Your constitution score increases by 2 to a maximum of 20, and you have advantage on charisma persuasion checks made to interact with dwarves. I think you also learn dwarven, I believe, as well. Yeah, you, like, uh, you, you, speak, you can speak, write, and read uh, dwarven. Yes, you have dark vision out of range, or out to a range of 60 feet, and you have advantage on saving throws against poison, and you have resistance against poison damage. Oh, so and it so um, basically. <laughs> hang on, there's there's a little bit extra here, which I think uh, makes it all worthwhile. Um, you have a fifty percent chance each day at the dawn of growing a full beard if you are capable of growing one, or a visibly thick beard if you already have one. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh It's tempting. Tell me, is there anything you particularly want? Well, I kind of want that uh, Belt of Dwarven Kind now, but uh, what's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's a Decanter of Endless Water? Decanter of Endless Water. This stoppered flask sloshes when shaken, as if it contains water. You can use an action to remove the stopper and speak one of three command words, whereupon an amount of fresh water or salt water, your choice, pours out of the flask. The water stops pouring out at the start of your next turn. Choose from the following options. 
A stream produces one gallon of water. A fountain produces five gallons of water, or a geyser, which produces 30 gallons of water that gushes forth in a geyser of 30 feet long and one foot wide. And you can aim your geyser at a creature you see within 30 <laughs> feet of you. Oh, okay. I think I know my choices, but uh, just one last question. Uh, Darren's Instant Fortress. All right. Darren's Instant Fortress. You can use an action to place this one-inch metal cube on the ground and speak its command word. The cube rapidly grows into a fortress that remains until you use an action to speak the command word that diminishes it which works only if the fortress is empty. The fortress is a square tower, um, 20 by 30 feet in uh, size, with arrow slits on all sides and a battlement atop it. Its interior is divided into two floors, with a ladder running along one wall to connect them. Its door opens only at your command, which you can speak as a bonus action. It's immune to knock spell and similar magic, such as that of a, a chime of opening. Hmm. Okay. And that's also 200 gold pieces. Cool. Alright. Well, Cleveland goes, Yeah, I'll give you a thick discount, because we're friends, you know. Ooh, what's the discount? 200. But I just said <laughs> 200 gold pieces. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you meant more of a discount. <sighs> I think I'm going to get two items. What items? The Pipes of Haunting. Alright, what does that do? Pipes of haunting. You must be proficient with wind instruments to use these pipes. They have three charges. You can use an action to play them and expend one charge to create an eerie spellbinding tune. Each creature within 30 feet of you that hears you play must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you for one minute. Alright, so you're going to get that. I'm going to get that in the chime of opening. And 150, and the chimes of opening are 100, so 250 gold. All right, so you get that, and just add that to your character sheet. Yep. All right, uh, what are the other two going to get? Um, Ocho. you got to get the, the, the dwarven kind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just want to see Ocho wake up okay. one day with a full okay. beard. I, I really want to see that, too. Um, Ocho is going to get the Belt of Dwarven Kind, which is 200 Alright, and then Aquarius, what are you getting? I'm getting Decanter of Endless Water. Alright, and that is also 200 gold pieces, I believe. Um, I also Uh, want to get the Ring of Free Action. Uh, what does it do? Ring of free action. While you're wearing this ring, difficult terrain does not cost you extra movement. In addition, magic can either reduce uh, can either reduce your speed nor cause you to be paralyzed or restrained. Alright, that's 50 gold pieces. So, 250 in total. You guys are done shopping, so what do you guys do in the meantime? Because I guess none of you leave, right? Or else just end the podcast right here. Um, so none of you guys leave. The town does a broke to wait for your next... Uh, contract. So what do you guys do during that time? Well, I guess I take them to my hotel and offer them a room. You own, Shop yeah, you own like the, the hotel tavern type? Yes. Yeah, the, the hotel, hotel casino bar. Tavern thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, the casino. 
It's a jack all of right. all trades. I gotta be competitive. These are competitive times. As you mentioned, there are bars like everywhere <laughs> in Deserburg. We have to be top notch. There are. There are. That's true. There, there are bars everywhere in Deserburg. All right. Um, to uh, stay the night, use the belt of dwarven kind so that when he wakes up, he can hopefully grow a beard and then go gamble. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we can go. Um, everyone goes to sleep because it's getting late. Ocho, you wake up, and you don't have a beard. I'm sorry. Just a flip a coin. <laughs> I did it for. You don't have uh, a beard. What would Ocho uh, say when he wakes up and he doesn't have a beard? So, Ocho uh, just jumps out of bed at the first little creep of dawn through the window, and he rushes over to this mirror across the room, and there's a dresser in front of the mirror, and he slams his hands down on the dresser and gets up really close with his face up against the mirror, and he's kind of like twisting his head around, looking at his chin and his neck for any sort of stubble of beard. And there is none. <sighs> Ocho. Ocho is, um, he's very unhappy in distress and he's he just rips off the belt from his waist and slams it into the mirror he's like this is a freaking rip off hey everyone it's rebecca i voice the character ocho on behalf of the arctera legends team i'd like to thank you all for listening up to this point um we definitely have a lot more content for you and it's going to keep getting better and better We would greatly appreciate it if you would follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. You'll be able to find our handles down in the description. And be sure to use the hashtag ArcTerraLegends on either Twitter or Instagram to get a chance to have your name put as a character in our podcast. We post a new podcast every three weeks, so our next one will be July 25th. Have a happy 4th, and thanks for listening.